gentlemen. Welcome every human being listening to the Woke Bros on the Bomb Feed. I'm your illustrious co-host, Michael Jamal Brooks, with my partner in crime and compadre, Big Waz. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Big Ombre. Waz, how you doing, man? I'm good, Michael. I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm just off the top. I just want to um, say to the listeners, we recorded an episode of Bomb yesterday. It was a damn good episode about Dolomite, about Kanye's Jesus turn and a bunch of other things. And unfortunately, technology plotted against us and the episode was lost. Um, sorry, we'll be back with a quality episode of Bomb next week. Sorry for people who were waiting on that and looking for it. You know, we take this shit seriously, but uh, sometimes technology gets the better of us. Um, so just be on the lookout for that next week at its normal time. Uh, back to your regularly scheduled programs, Michael. Actually, off uh, off the dome and off of schedule already, t- uh, 20 seconds. What do you think of Dolomite? Man, I loved it as a movie. I, I thought that it, like, the action, the pace, I loved it. The cast, the ensemble cast is really my favorite thing about it, right? It's like getting yeah. all of these talented-ass black people into this movie. And the white people that were in it, too, that were super talented. But, like, um, just as a black person, like, telling this black-ass story with this black-ass cast um, and doing it in such a big, you know, the, the production level is so high, man, to tell this story, put this much money behind this story, um, shouts to Eddie Murphy and his production company for, you know, from what I heard, he made this a stipulation of his standup, um, deal with Netflix. He was like, all right, you got to produce this movie I want to do, um, about the original Dolomite and, um, I'll do the specials and you know, that's how it was able to get made. So I just loved it as a movie. Like it's propulsive, like from the, the minute, the, from the minute go, like it's moving, it's moving. He's going from his whack job to figuring out, Oh shit, I can do this persona to selling it out his trunk to deciding he wanted to do a movie to deciding he was going to empower the people around him to make the movie. Like it was just dope to me, man. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was great. And I thought it was really cool to me to just, you know, have just Eddie Murphy just do that. Like it it was like somehow, I mean, he's proven in some of his performances, like obviously he can do serious dramatic range. And I have a high tolerance level for Eddie Murphy, but the bottom line, but there just was, you know, I don't know, man. There's just so many vehicles where it was just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, this is so indulgent. Tower heist. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, tower heist. And I mean, every and the fucking and then, you know, and I'm sorry. I mean, I guess I'll. I'll own, I guess I'm a snob on the, you know, the nutty professor, Dr. Oh, no, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. Thing, fat suit, no, fuck all. Like, it was just nice to just see a movie where it was like Eddie Murphy has an incredible amount of charisma. He's one of the best performers, you know, of any sort in dramatic, you know, pictures, obviously in comedy. Uh, so it was just cool. And, and also it was amazing to see him – you know, he actually had to do both, right? He had to show some of his dramatic range, be funny, be smart, have a certain um, kind of softness to him that was really endearing and in every single way just not be like, 
the Eddie Murphy, you know, like impersonating himself from the eighties or, you know, doing just some dumb shit. So I, I was, I loved it, but at any rate, we got a bunch to get to, uh, enjoy Dolomite. Uh, if you haven't yet, I think that that's something we definitely agree that you should stream. Uh, but we got your mailbag questions. We're going deep on the politics this week. The woke bros are getting in deep. Rob, what do we have? What did the brilliant people on Twitter and Discord and everywhere else, what did they pass to us? Yes. So we do have a couple questions here. Um, first and foremost, like Mike said, uh, they submitted the questions on Twitter, which you can follow us at Bomb Podcast, B-O-M-M Podcast, or uh, you know subscribe to the Patreon and you can get access to the Discord on there. You can discuss episodes, talk with other fans. It's a great time. So uh, make sure you look out for that. Patreon.com slash Count the Dings. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, first up, we're going to start kind of uh, on a topic that I think both of you guys uh, would love to sh- rip to shreds. Um, from King Giadora Stan, shouts to Godzilla, at Leo D1133. Do you see Biden lasting until the convention? No. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Was well, strung out of the gate. No. No. Um, the gaps are piling up. The money is actually drying up. Um, I think the, what's funny is that, uh, as Michael so keenly mentioned very early on in the game, the money's actually decided they're probably going to line up with Warren. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, the, like, Biden's just not long for this race, man. Like, he just doesn't have the energy, the juice. So money's going to dry up. The gas are going to dry up. The guy, he's just not built for it. Like, how many times is he going to misspeak? Is he going to mess something up? Is he going to have absolutely nothing to say than, I used to stand next to Barack Obama. Like, it's not, it's, he's not going to last. He will not last. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually, and I think it's interesting because I definitely think there is an establishment rapprochement with Elizabeth Warren, and you can. I know some people have an unending amount of confidence in her, but she's sending enough, uh, you know, mixed signals on healthcare as an example. That certainly for me, the triangulate is very clear. It reminds me of Tom Perez in the race for DNC, and not to get too inside baseball, but you had Keith Ellison come forward as a for real reform progressive. Yep. And then the um, what was interesting was that the kind of like Obama, the, the corporate establishment types, they put Tom Perez forward. And obviously, I mean, Tom Perez has you know, turned out to just be an absolute dud. And he got the job in a, you know, a, a really dirty, shyster way, uh, which people should look up. But at the time, the whole thing was like, hey, well, you know what? He yeah, he's definitely part of the Democratic, you know, establishment or whatever. But he's like. You know, he's uh, he was the secretary uh, of labor. Yeah, he was the secretary of labor. He's liberal, whatever. Um, And so I think that there is some of that dynamic with Warren. I think the other thing, though, is I think definitely sociopath Pete, as I call him, or uh, Alfred E. Newman, as Trump calls him, is getting a lot of corporate money or Mayo Pete. Uh, So Pete Buttigieg is going to become another you know, and he's just like the pure manifestation. I mean, you know, as Joe Biden wobbles and wobbles and as Kamala Harris just completely implodes and, you know, let's be real, like, you know, Cory Booker, Beto O'Rourke, Amy Klobuchar aren't going anywhere. The corporate money is on Buttigieg. And it's, you know, i got to say, like, I will trash on Biden in a minute. And I guess to answer your question, what's weird is that 
I'm still not totally convinced that he's done, right? Like, I do think there's still some element of people like us jumping the gun. But I will say the first time I started to really, I mean, those poll numbers, those fundraising numbers, that's a fucking problem. That's a big problem. I'm starting to see a scenario with him where, you know, you get embarrassed in Iowa and New Hampshire, you're done. And and so, but I really want to start paying more attention. I mean, you know, you got, from my perspective, you got to, you know, make sure that people stop dicking around with the Andrew Yang, Tulsi Gabbard nonsense. Then you got to be really clear about all of the problems and flaws that Elizabeth Warren brings to the table and the fundamental differences between her and Bernie Sanders. But then as far as, far as this race goes, and even God damn our whole lives, because he's only in his mid-30s, Pete Buttigieg is absolutely awful. And I, and I just got to say, I mean, look, on one hand, it's like ridiculous. Like, I'm not a fan of Bill de Blasio, but it's incredible that the mayor of New York City was treated as a joke and the mayor of the college town is treated seriously. It's crazy. And and in addition to that, it isn't even like like what you might think in your head is like, well, that's ridiculous because he's the mayor of a college town. So, you know, whatever. So what did he have to deal with? But it's like, actually, yes, he ran a college town, but. It was like the NYPD, <laughs> except he was aligned with them. His record on gentrification, on race, on policing is awful. He's tight with Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg supposedly advising him on personnel. People to judge is trash and dangerous. And I actually think between him and Warren, I think some of the corporate establishment is going to reconcile themselves to Warren. And then I think the other part of the, you know, Biden uh, you know, corporate hat class is going to break to Buttigieg. Next question, Rob. All right. Next question comes from Discord from our guy Zeke. Shouts to Zeke, uh, our man down south. Uh, if Bernie can pull it out, will the media have to change their view, their coverage or lack of on socialist candidates, or will they push back harder the next time around? I mean, I, I think they're going to go after him. Um, it, you know. <laughs> They've, they've, it's so funny because they're going to show themselves to be the biggest hypocrites in the world, right? And just cut and run because if the choice becomes Trump and Bernie, like these rich ass media types are going to go with Trump. Like they're going to go with, well, my bottom line and, you know, my social circles will be way more unaffected with you know, a second Trump term or Republican term, you know, if if Trump gets ousted or whatever, get another Republican in there. It's much better than, you know, somebody who's going to fight for working people. Uh, So I think he's going to get bludgeoned. And the funny thing is, like, they're not even going to have to do it the way they were doing it with Hillary, where because Trump was so extreme, they had to like they had to really dig deep to try to make it seem like the two people were the same with Bernie. They're just going to be able to call him a lunatic and unreasonable and, and strident and all of this stuff. Like that's what they're going to go with. Like with Hillary, they had to go with emails cause they couldn't do the whole, well, let's compare what she's doing to Trump. Like they had to go with other stuff, gossipy stuff, like conspiracy stuff with this. They're just going to be like, Oh no, he's, He's this guy's unreasonable. This guy wants to is extreme. That's that's the word. You're going to hear the word extreme a lot if Bernie gets elected. And you're going to see a lot of people like the Morning Joe crowd and all sorts of scumbag oligarch corporate media people like Donnie Deutsch and all this. 
who've been running around and even at times like comparing Donald Trump to Hitler, they're going to support him over Bernie Sanders or they will pick, you know, or some some fucking idiot will run some meaningless third party candidacy just so those people have, you know, plausible deniability. But I mean, the bottom line is, is like it one is stylistically and culturally, these people have a deep and very weird hatred of Bernie Sanders, which I think is because he represents something different um, than all of basically the kind of shallow materialism and status obsession that these people live their entire lives in. But more structurally, I mean, the bottom line is, is that and, you know, this is interesting because you saw this bump up in other ways with like, you know, after like AOC endorsed Bernie, there's a ton of people that are way more, you know, they, they like her style and they're, you know, they can they can totally identify with her on a pop culture level, which is how they view politics. They don't care about actual policy. And when she actually was like, no, I'm endorsing Bernie Sanders, like I actually care about the agenda. Right. Like I didn't just bullshit about healthcare to get on the cover of, you know, Vogue, like I'm here to do something that triggered a lot of those people. So I think, you know, the media, cause, cause at the end of the day, any type of even really, you know, moderate progressive agenda, social democratic agenda that puts some power in workers' hands that makes healthcare a public right, that makes housing a public right, that's antithetical to the interests that these people represent. Yeah, it's it's just the fact. It's it's hard for me to envision the coverage basically changing much from from what it's been. In fact, it's going to become more antagonistic, more like all because they always oh, they love it. They especially the CNN types, CNN specifically, and then of course not even just CNN guys like Chris Matthews or whatever. It's like we have to be fair. Fair. We got to be balanced. You know, if we're if we're dissing one guy because he's awful and a piece of shit. And so, are, you know, a lot of his constituents, we we got to do it to the other guy, even though he's representing just regular people that just want to, you know, get health care and affordable housing. Like they, they're so sick with this. Like they, they, they feel like they need to do that. So. Ah, man, it's, it's going to be. I, well, I, think, I, think, I think they feel like they need to do that. You know, in general, and I think in Sanders' case, it really is that. I mean, you're talking about a people like Chris Matthews who are demented enough and are crazy enough to actually think that, as an example, talking about the violence of the wealth concentration and inequality in this country is the same thing as attacking immigrants. Like these people are stupid and crazy and elitist and capitalist to the bones. And they're going to continue to have really dangerous, really deranged, really delusional worldviews. And they are going to oppose Bernie Sanders. So, you know, you've got to, I mean, honestly, I'll do the pitch here. You really got to get on independent media. You really got to directly read platforms. And, you know, certainly, you know, very much, I mean, you know, all of the covers, the New York Times is trash in its coverage of Bernie Sanders, right? Like across the board. But the epicenter, like, we all know that Fox News is state Republican Trump propaganda. MSNBC and CNN are pure corporate propaganda. There's, I mean, even in the best of times, 
even when they aren't waging war on a potentially transformative candidate like Bernie, they're they suck. Like, you know, honestly, read a book, <laughs> listen to the Revolutions podcast, subscribe to Bomb, subscribe to TMBS. Like, seriously. I mean, and, and you want to get global news, you know, you gotta mix it up, but check out Al Jazeera, check out Democracy Now, check out France 24. I mean you know, the, these networks across the board, they're almost, I mean, some people, there's some good content, there's some good people that go on, but structurally and format wise and vast majority of their content, they fucking suck. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Rob, next question. All right. This one comes from Yoel at Yoel Selim, and it's kind of a two-parter here. Uh, a friend brought up that Rep. Omar voted present on the vote to recognize the Armenian genocide, uh, where the only nays were 11 Republicans. Any thoughts on why she wouldn't vote? Yeah. And hello, New York. Um, and uh, Ines Cantor, MBA center from the Boston Celtics. Turkish uh, of Turkish descent, he kind of ripped into Omar as well. He, obviously, he didn't send this into us, but what he said was, "What an absolute disappointment and shame that the only Democrat who did not support the Turkish bill aiming to stop the killing of innocent people is at Ilhan MN, obviously her Twitter handle, uh, who seems like on sh- like she's on dictator Ergo- Erdogan's payroll. Erdogan, Erdogan, excuse me, payroll, working for his interests, but not the American people and democracy." Yeah, Mike, I wanted to know what the thing because I don't I don't understand the angle politically. I, I don't I don't see it. I don't I don't see what the angle is. I'd, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on it. Like, I completely can't see it. Yeah, I mean, so the angle real simple. I mean, basically, it kind of reminds me of ironically, given the courage she had in terms of talking about Palestinian human rights and all of the incitement, you know, and danger against her that we had to have her back on. It kind of reminds me basically of like, you know, I mean, and this is so many people in Congress who kind of even, you know, talk about foreign affairs. They might even be willing to criticize some U.S. policies. But then, you know, Israel can, you know, like, you know, light a baby on fire and say the baby was like the head of Hamas or whatever. And they're all like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Israel, we got to support. Right. Like. That, that progressive except Palestine position. And so basically, Ilan Omar threw and, and part, and, and there's one part that is not good, but a little bit more kind of generically understandable. And there's some recent reporting that's actually getting much more problematic about this. But basically, Turkey has used a lot of soft power and different things to project itself in Africa, including a lot of relations in Somalia, which is, of course, the country where, you know, Ilan Omar is a a refugee from. And her district does represent, you know, a good amount of the Somali, you know, of, of the American Somali population. And, you know, again, there's nothing special about this. This is the same shit as, you know, oh, there's a lot of, um, I mean, Armenians for that matter in my district or a lot of, uh, you know, Ukrainians, yeah. or a lot of Jamaicans or a lot of whatever. I mean, this is how politics works. So there is a very different perception of Turkey. And so part of it, and again, I'm not excusing it. And in some ways, it's really a problem for her because she set a very high bar for herself. She's been courageous on Israel and Palestine, on Venezuela, on Kashmir. Um, she signed letters about, you know, what the crisis in Brazil, the political imprisonment of Lula. Uh, she's 
And then, of course, you know, on domestic politics, you know, from universal health care to meals for children to endorsing Bernie Sanders. I mean, she's 100 percent, you know, great, stellar, progressive. So, you know, that still wouldn't be like an excuse. I mean, voting present on the Armenian genocide and basically releasing a statement that, frankly, honestly read like all genocides matter, um, you know, and even the piece she wrote about why she wouldn't vote for Turkish sanctions package was weak because her broader point about sanctions are right. Like we should never support the kind of sanctions the United States has against Iran or Venezuela that are, you know, targeted at entire populations. I would never support that for any country. But the Turkish sanctions weren't like that. They were much more calibrated at military and governmental targets. So her excuse for voting against them was definitely misleading, although it fit with her broader opposition to sanctions. But then the the vote on the Ar Armenian genocide and then the kind of like response about, well, this is a bad time and we have to recognize all injustices. It sounded like the kind of rhetoric that people use when they're obscuring, you know, and, you know, this is about one issue. This is about, in fact, the United States has not recommend and recognized the Armenian genocide which the Turkish government has pressured them for decades not to, not only is it like, I mean, it, not only was what the Turkish state did to the Armenians a genocide, part of the even creation of that word comes from studying that case. So it's serious bullshit. And, you know, and also, of course, this is happening in the context of, you know, uh, a year after the Turks ethnically cleanse the city of Afrin. They're deploying terrorist cells against Syrian Kurds. They're committing atrocities uh, right now against Kurdish civilians and the YPG. This looks really bad. And I guess recently there's been some disclosures, which I know less about, about campaign donations. She met Erdogan uh, when she was a state uh, senator, I believe. So, you know, the bottom and, and I say this again, this is actually a good example of like much more serious stakes of like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a cancel culture person. Right. So this is still like a very, very, very like impressive as hell young leader who's done so much good and faced incitement from Trump to Breitbart. Most of her party hasn't had her back when the worst forces in America were threatening her because of, you know, her moral clarity and so on. But, you know, right now, if she stays on this course, it's innately fucked up and wrong. And it's going to kill her case because this, you know, this is not like, it's not in a killer case, but it really, I mean, this is like, oh, I mean, this is pure politics and it's pure politics, not like, oh, you know, Ilan is maybe looking out for like, yeah, I don't know, some local industry in Minneapolis and it's not that great, but fuck, she's in Congress. Like, what are you going to do? This is a state that is committing ethnic cleansing and we're talking about recognizing a genocide. Like, that's not going to work. Yeah, it's at the same time, though, Mike, you know, I, especially when you consider this is like once you explain to me that it's about Turkey and Somalia, I'm like, OK, like I, I can kind of get playing political here. Right. Like this is some back home shit, yep. um, which, Definitely. you know, I get. And, and again, it's not like this. This vote was passed 
you know, overwhelmingly, right? Like this wasn't like she came in on the John McCain <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down and just went turkey. Like that was, you know what I'm saying? Like this thing passed, like they, the government is finally going to, re- like it, they're going to recognize this thing anyway. She decided to use her vote to be political and be like, look, Turkey, like keep, you know, doing whatever it is, whatever little good that you're doing for my people over there. Um, <laughs> please not, do. I mean, but it is not. I, I, that it's worse than that, though. I mean, because it isn't. I mean, first of all, it's you can't like. There's that, and then there's like literally right now in the presence. This same government is committing some of the worst atrocities in the world, and oh, a hundred. Okay, I see you on. Okay, and I'm I saying it's like you know you okay. can't like that kind of remind like like Bill Gates just gave an award for like a big public health project that the government in India it, like succeeded on. It's you know like they did it, but they're doing that while they're you know blinding people with pellet guns in Kashmir, like you, and especially I mean. Honestly, just even on a brand level, right? Like, like take it out of like whatever, because I, I don't, I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, you do need to make calculations and especially someone like Ilan Omar, who obviously has a very strong sense of justice and incredible courage, right? So of course that's a part of it, but just even on a political calculation level, this is the first thing that has ever come out about Ilan Omar and they have run everything, you know, Racist, sexist, anti-Muslim, conspiracy theories, death threats. They've taken things that maybe she said years ago that were indelicately or poorly put, and they've they've twisted it. There were other times they've just straight up lied about what she said. This is the first thing, and I have to say, especially talking to like contacts, you know, on the more Middle East side of things, it's like, oh, I feel like a sucker having her back right now because this is the same bullshit that we have seen right like this is yeah. it and and that's very tricky when you've built a brand and a reputation on not doing that bullshit i mean it's just even just practically like even when it shouldn't be but now it's going to be like oh, okay elon just did this great statement on cashmere that's interesting you know, what kind of interference is she running for, you know, the the fucking government that is using, you know, like ISIS adjacent groups to rape women and burn down people's homes with them in it in Syria right now? You know, it, it doesn't work. Yeah, she's going to end up having to um, answer for it, obviously. Uh, but, you know, I'm interested. I'm interested to watch this, man, because. You know, <laughs> it's the nature of the job, man. Eventually, sure. somebody's going to have a faux pas. Like, like, nobody comes out of that job unscathed by politics, right? Like, she's being political. Like, that's the job. You know, um, it's unfortunate, but I don't... Yeah, and, you know, what you said, what you said resonates with me because this seems like such a non-thing to get political about. Um, and you would think somebody as savvy as her would make a different calculation, but you know, <laughs> once or, you're in almost any regime, least, I'm sorry, I just have to say, or at the very least, don't. I'm telling you that statement she put out on the Armenian genocide. I mean, look, the vote was wrong. 
you got to vote to recognize the fucking Armenian genocide and the sanctions stuff she's talking about. It's it's too clever by half from what's actually happening. Right now. But the fact that she put out like this, you know, I mean, honestly, just like just woke bullshit. So, you know, it's it it, it just sounded it was I, I don't even know what to compare it to, but it just sounded like. It, it, it is the it was like the most like concern troll. Let me throw a million things out here, including like incredibly serious things to obscure the one thing right in front of our face. You know what I mean? Like like it was it was it's it read to me like a person like like a right wing blog post that responds to a story about police murder of black men in this country with well, what about well, Chicago? What they do in Egypt, and if you don't recognize all of it, and I, I mean, it was bad. Like she didn't. I mean, honestly, if she came out and she said, "Look, it should also be known that Turkey does X, Y, and Z for Somalia." I have a different relationship to that country in terms of the district I represent and my community. Maybe she even wants to make some bullshit argument about Turkish security and the timing and whatever the fuck. But it wasn't just that she was absolutely wrong. It was that she went to the same well that she's actually built a lot of legitimate credibility on. I mean, no, nah. Rob, next question. Uh, got two more here to finish out. First one here, though, from at Big L17 underscore. He asks, were you guys tuned in to the Canadian election at all? What are your thoughts about a country that elects someone with multiple black faces on his record? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 It's just a fantastic way to frame a question. Um, man, you know, like Trudeau is like, you know, he's he's one of those elite liberals, right? Like, which to me is like nobody ever said all liberals were perfect, right? Um, or even liberal enough for me. Uh if given the choice between him and some right winger, I of course I'm going Trudeau a hundred million times, even though he dressed himself, put you know, chocolate pudding on his face for Halloween or whatever the case may be, right? Like, um, I don't <laughs> I don't see it as some big Canadian character flaw, you know, like at least he's, you know, he's center left. Uh that's always better than center, better than center right. And damn I don't sure know about center right. left though, boss. He's you don't great, think he's center right left? You think no, he's right? No, I don't. No, his his record is trash, but I mean, my I think the thing that I said when it first happened with like the first couple, I was like, look, if you know, if he if he like kept his promises on clean drinking water for indigenous people and wasn't friendly with Bolsonaro and trying to, you know, uh, end, uh, you know, Israel anti, you know, uh, Israeli human rights activism in Canada and not and stop selling weapons to Saudi Arabia, then I would say, yeah, he did something stupid 15 years ago. I, I got to say, though, like. I mean. Actually, it was kind of pretty bad lefty Brendan Sutton. He said um, he was like, I think it was something like, you know, I think how he's, I forget how he put it, but he was like, the first time you do it, it's a really bad mistake. The second time you do it, it's a problem. 
And then by the tenth time, we got to speak about it as an addiction. <laughs> man, is, man is addicted to using African soap, man. That's crazy, man. He's addicted to black soap, man. He's going to steal. <laughs> but like the funny thing is too like um I don't know enough about the history of minstrelies and and blackface like did that exist in Canada like is that something that happened up there not that you shouldn't know the US history of American music and performance and all of that shit like um did did blackface get to Canada do we know that I, I would no assume so. Everything else did. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, how much do we want to pretend that Canada is a separate country was, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think I think uh, what it is, though, like, it's so wild how, like, elementally racist it is. Like, it's just literally like, I have black skin. That shit is funny. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> All right, dude. Like, well, so so the thing is. The thing about blackface is it's like, you know, the dude who the the folklore, the legend of the dude who allegedly invented it. It's like he heard some slaves, you know, doing work and singing whatever they were singing. And he thought the like the melodies and all of that shit was dope. And but he felt like as a white dude, like he couldn't go out and perform it. So what he had to do was dress himself as a black person and so that he could perform, but but both perform and mock it. And then other people right. could watch it and be like, oh, those niggers, look at them and their stupid songs and their big red lips and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, it it, it transformed into that. But, you know, the, the initial thing is like, oh, we like those songs. You know what right. I'm saying? But it's right. like. You know, nobody can believe that my white ass is singing it. It's just this, I don't know, it's just so American. It's just like, Jesus Christ. But, the, you know, just the idea that somebody in Canada wouldn't understand that, like, yo, fam, like, why are you taking pictures with this, fam? Like, this is- I mean, because he's an asshole. But I, I think, like, I think, though, that, and I would, I mean, I definitely would have voted for for uh, Jugmeet Singh if I was there, you know, because they actually can vote for a left-wing candidate and Jugmeet Singh was kind of cool and he got the Rihanna Instagram follow but I I just think like I don't know I, I also would say though I thought it was in, like when you go to like that broader like culture question and mainstream culture versus reactionary culture versus woke culture and the and the balance between trying to raise up the standards which has to happen in some really important ways and then other times being like you know maybe we're just being uptight and weird about some shit and then the third where it's like you know new york where you're probably right like but it still isn't gonna translate like i like i guess what i'm saying is like i think look i thought the first point was like you know what, if the guy actually had a really good record, I would be much more inclined to say, wow, that's yeah. some racist, embarrassing shit. But, you know, also we got to focus on like the actual material substance of what he's doing. 
So to me, in a way, his record actually fits doing that in a way. But, <laughs> but the other, and you know that he tried to mimic Obama as much as he could. But I think the thing is, is like, I saw that drop and I knew that it was going to make the rounds. I knew that it was going to provoke probably even some really smart think pieces. I knew that actually I didn't talk about it terribly much, but I knew that, you know, and I mean, I certainly did to make fun of it because, you know, fuck him. He's a racist asshole. Sure. But I was just like, this is a classic, like this ecosystem is going to freak the fuck out. And this is going to have zero impact on the Canadian electorate. And I actually, and in this case, you know, I, I'm a little bit more like on the kind of woke side. Like I think it, it should have been something that more voters took seriously and thought about. However, you know, then the other part goes back to what you say, right? Like in most voters minds, it's like, so what am I going to do? Like a vote for the overtly racist party? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Like what? What am I doing? Like what? What's the other option here? You know, yeah. Just on like a practical level, and I just think like even when people are right, that disconnect is is important to think about, reflect on, because you know I, I just knew that I was like, wow, like this this cycle is going to happen in our ecosystem, and this is this is not going to be shit electoral. I mean, I think it actually. I think a lot of things hurt him. Mean, he ended up really not performing well, and I'm sure that this didn't help, and I'm glad it didn't help. But this was not going to be a thing that would like, you know, you know, like something like, you, you know, going on Twitter and saying you dressed up as an Aladdin 15 years ago, you're done, is not going to be a sentiment that is shared by 85 percent of the population, you know, and across all backgrounds. And and I got to say, man, like, you know, just as a black person, like, I'm not going to lie, I've kind of become desensitized to this blackface stuff. Like, it literally pops up every Halloween, every year, every time. It's constantly popping up. Like, what I mean by desensitized is, like, it doesn't affect my day one way or another. And, yeah, like, if somebody who I was personal friends, I don't even know if somebody who I was personal friends with, like, you know, and they're 35 years old, and I found out when they were 16, they dressed up as Little Wayne and put, you know, chocolate pudding on their face. I wouldn't be like, eh. I don't know that I would stop being friends with the person, right? Like, what I'm saying I about this... I, I, <laughs> shut up, But what I'm what I mean to say is like I just it doesn't move me anymore in this in the way that say you know I watch a video of a cop like kicking some adolescent teenage Whoa. girl's ass like I'm actually like you know like that shit actually fucks me up you know what I'm saying like these are the kind of issues that I'm like this is bullshit right um blackface stuff at this point I'm just like. At a certain point, man, we we gotta expect white people to be white people, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's like, like white people, white people. Like, like, look, look, I can meet you halfway. You know I what I'm saying? Like, did not beat the shit out of black children, but I mean, come on, Lil Wayne. You know, like, I don't it, to do that. At a certain point, come a, baby, on, man. a two-year-old baby's gonna break shit. You know, it's one of those things, like. <laughs> At this point, it's like, all right, you know, that's just what it is. Rob, next question. 
one more here to close it out. This one comes from me since it is Halloween and we are recording on Halloween. Can you guys just share, I don't know, favorite costumes, favorite Halloween memories, favorite Halloween candy, biggest haul you ever got, trick-or-treating, what do we got? Uh, just three thoughts. One, I hate Halloween. It's terrible. Um, why I hate it, I just think it's... You're seven I think day. It's, it's for seven kids. Day. I'm why not seven day. day. No, why I'm not. It's Demon for day. children. Like, I don't understand why adults get so excited to do... I, like, I, I, I just... Call me the fun police. Call me unimagined. I don't get it. I don't understand why an adult would want to leave his house dressed up as a toilet bowl. Like, I don't <laughs> get it. I just will never understand that. Um... Uh, um, Halloween memory... And, and by the way, this is something that I've always hated, right? Like, I remember... My first Halloween memory, I, I had to, dude, I had to be in kindergarten or first grade or something. And my mom got me a Halloween costume. I was, I was dressed up as a vampire. And I, when I tell you I was so pissed, I just looked at myself. I was like, I look ridiculous. <laughs> like <laughs> seven, six-year-old. Just, just like, beneath the wise TV, like, man. This is, I was like, I look ridiculous. So my mom takes me to school and, you know, we're all kind of lining up and they're about to take us into school or whatever. And I'm just, I'm just heated. I'm brooding, um, Michael. I'm brooding. <laughs> I am like, bro. And like my classmates, like people that I'm friends with are just like, yo, what's up? What's going on with you, Wazi? Like, what's wrong? Blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm like I, I hate my costume, dude. This this looks stupid. And 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 they were like, no, it looks great. Like blah blah blah. My mom was like, see, you look great. And I, I just remember hating all of them. I was just like, you all are idiots. This is terrible. <laughs> and so that was my first Halloween memory. Um, my best costume, Rob, was last year. I was Bruce Jenner. <laughs> the Olympian Bruce Jenner and people like oh that's problematic blah, blah. I'm like this is a this is a thing that happened a person named Bruce Jenner won a shit ton of gold medals at I think it was 76 right. at yeah. the Olympics like this happened this is recorded history I'm not I'm like this guy existed you know what I'm saying and so we got a lot of responses on the internet and on um you know on social so yeah so yeah um yeah i actually first of all i just want to echo the sentiment i like i i don't i don't get this shit like i on majority report i guess i do kind of dress up because some years on halloween we pretend we're like a right-wing show out of like out of uh out of like outside of out of uh boston um so i put on some like bruins gear and shit and act like an asshole but i don't know I mean, that really is just like an alter ego. I could have been that guy. Um, that's fun. Uh, when I was a kid, my parents were super, super, super health obsessive. So I never um, – that was the only time of year I could get candy. And I would get the biggest haul possible and I would stash it and either eat it like slowly over a matter of months with you know generous portions or – uh, or a matter of weeks, I should say, or sometimes my parents would trade it for like other goods. Um, so that was cool. And yeah, as of today, like I, whatever, like, you know, go enjoy yourself. But I, I don't, I didn't even know today was uh, Halloween, to be honest with you. Um, until like, I because saw you're a man well, in your thirties, right? Right. You have responsibilities. You have a life. You have people right. in your life that you care about. Right. You don't care about dressing up 
as Kermit the Frog. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's also like, it doesn't make any sense. And it's very fucking time consuming. Like, I remember, like, Dude, people start thinking just, about their costumes in May. April. Seriously, like, I remember several, I remember, and it always looks the same. Like, that's, I remember, I remember once, one year, I happened to go to some fucking, like, real, I think it was like in Tribeca, like a real fucking, you know, trendy, coked up costume party, right? And I didn't know I was going. I, I mean, I know I was going to go out, but, you know, I was going out. So I, being an adult, was not dressed up. And, you know, and then and then it was like, oh, it was so overwhelming, you know. And then you get like the million, like, hey, dude, why aren't you dressed up? I'm like, oh, my God, why aren't you dressed up? And so I had like this split second I left. I was like, you know, that seemed kind of fun. Maybe next year I'll dress up. And then I thought about it for like two minutes. And I was like, yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> like the idea that like I'm even going to spend like currency on something that I'm just gonna up throwing away? No, it's fucking crazy. No. Yeah, it's a sham holiday. It's a sham. It's stupid. I wish we if it ended tomorrow. Like, and then the thing is like, dude, in New York and LA, like this thing lasts a week. It's a, a whole week. week. People started doing Halloween parties last Saturday. Yeah. So this thing lasts forever. It's just it's just a mess. It's terrible. Um happy Halloween, y'all. Everybody leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us uh what what are the other ways? What are the other things they should do, Rob? Besides subscribe, leave a review on iTunes. Yeah, subscribe, review, uh tell your friends to tell a friend. Um definitely subscribe, give us five stars across, you know, Apple. We're pretty much on every major platform. So uh subscribe, let everybody know. Go to Patreon, patreon.com slash count the dings, and uh yeah, let everybody know about this great content on the bottom podcast. And definitely go uh check out Michael Brooks show on YouTube. You will get a lot of content that way, a kind of good introduction to it. Also, we're at eighty-four thousand subs, wanna to get to a hundred thousand as quickly as possible. So if you'd be kind enough to hit the sub button and then first and foremost, go get the whole goddamn experience, patreon.com slash TMBS. We've got over three thousand people now, so they're liking it. Join them. And don't forget to grab your tickets uh with honestly very few left November 23rd World Cafe TMBS live show in Philadelphia with Artesia Balthrop Crystal Ball and Emma Viglin that show is going to be amazing I look forward to seeing many of you there thank you Waz thank you Rob thank you Jade thank you everybody we'll see you next week